Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler, and welcome back after an extremely long bye week, it seemed like. If you missed the episode last week, we focused on the 2024 NFL Draft, where I gave you a deep dive, peeled the layers back of names to know. A lot of positions, either side of the ball, day one, all the way back to day three. The conversations that are beginning to really spur and, and kick into fourth and fifth gear as we move forward towards Christmas, towards the new year, and of course into the springtime in just a couple of months to where, look, the playoffs right now for Washington just, it doesn't look possible, guys. I mean, you go on the NFL website and you look at it in the hunt and they're right at the bottom with the Arizona Cardinals, but at 4-9, 0-5 in the division, and what we've seen from this football team last month and month and a half in the season, there's nothing you can expect right now for them to somehow win these next four games and potentially put themselves in a spot to earn a wild card berth. Now, that's wishful thinking. It is. That's maybe hoping for miracles. And I'm, I don't like playing hypotheticals. And what we've seen from this football team is flat out not good enough. A team that's allowed 90 points in two weeks, 45 in back-to-back weeks, been embarrassed twice on prime time. So this football team right now is not a good football team. And it's unfortunate for being in year four of Ron Rivera. Now, we have a lot to talk about today in previewing this week in the 6-7 and seven Los Angeles Rams, head coached by Sean McVay, our old friend Sean McVay. You guys have heard the name plenty of times as far as him being in Washington, never promoted, blah, blah, blah. We've heard all that stuff in years past. But now as we move into this week, Washington's first trip out to SoFi Stadium. Washington last faced the Rams in 2020 at FedEx Field where they lost by 20. But they last went out to Los Angeles and played the Rams at the Coliseum while SoFi was being built. And they won that ball game. But this is their first trip out to the beautiful, modern, state-of-the-art SoFi Stadium. A stadium, hopefully, that may look like, you know, Washington may have a stadium that looks like that, hopefully, in the near future. I'm sure you guys saw the news this week with the Wizards and the Caps moving down to the Potomac Yard area in Alexandria. Brand new entertainment district where brand new stadiums most likely going to be built. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. And the Capitals have had that success of winning a championship. The Wizards, oh, they're rebuilding. Not sure if there's many basketball guys out there, but they're rebuilding this roster right now. And so are the Nationals. And when you look at the Commanders right now, they might be in that same spot, unfortunately, considering that this roster was looked upon as a quarterback away just the beginning of last year, guys. But 4-9 and winless in the division in year four of an experiment under Ron Rivera and Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney flat out isn't good enough. The product, the execution, the effort has not been there. Not even close to what you should see from an NFL football team. Guys making millions of dollars every single week. It's not good enough. Now, there's been a lot of frustrations that we've seen from players, from staff. We've seen staff being fired in the form of Jack Del Rio and Brent Wieselmeyer. You could say that more firings were needed. You could say, why is Ron Rivera still there? But today, we are focusing on football. And that's what we do here. We talk ball. I'm not going to play hypotheticals and look into the negatives. I'm going to try to stay as positive as possible and give you guys the peeled back layers of the teams that Washington faces and the schematics of what Washington needs to do 
to not only compete, which we haven't seen them do in a while, but try to win this football game. Because I will never sit here and say, I want to lose because I want to get a higher draft pick. Guys, if you've been here a while, you understand my thought process on that. Look, Washington's going to have a lot of picks this year. But as you continue to lose and you continue to lose, and of course the draft pick's going to get higher and higher, and sure, you could probably have your shot at a Caleb Williams from USC or a Drake May from Carolina if a new regime comes in and they want a quarterback and Sam's not their guy, sure. Or do you go in Olufashanu or Joe Ald at tackle? We're going to get all into those names, guys, more and more and more as we move down the line. But if they, if the commanders do not figure out how to evaluate and not pigeonhole players fitting a square peg into a round hole inside this organization, grabbing players that fit player to scheme, then they're not going to succeed. Because not only do you have to draft correctly, you have to develop the talent correctly, coach the talent. I get it. Day one, day two, early day three guys, you expect to come in right away and have an impact. There's no more of holding a clipboard and sitting there for a year, year and a half and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get up to speed a little bit on either side of the ball. And then I'll work into year two with a year under my belt of professional football. And then I'll get going in my sophomore season. That's just not the way the NFL works nowadays. You got to have immediate contributors. And especially when I look at Washington's 2023 class and the years past since Ron's been in town, it's not good enough. It is flat out not good enough. And as we head into the month, last month of the season, for guys like Sam Cosme and Benjamin St. Just, Jamin Davis is now out for the year. So you guys know my opinions on Jamin Davis as a first-round pick at linebacker. It has flat out not been good enough. The linebacker position as a whole for Washington has not been good enough. The only player for Washington under contract moving into next year at linebacker is Jamin Davis. Khalid Hudson, David Mayo, and Cody Barton all expected to hit free agency. So that's a spot I expect them to either pay up in free agency They don't have to pay big, but if they want to add a guy in free agency or a mid-level guy or add add a talent in the draft, which I talked about in last week's podcast, you can tune back to see a couple players that I have interest in for this roster from a schematic perspective, not just looking at a guy and saying, oh, he's a good player. Let's just plug him in and see what happens. Scheme, guys. Scheme, scheme, scheme. It matters, right? Linebacker position as a whole, it continues to evolve at the NFL level as far as what you're asked to do. There is no more Mike linebacker and two outside linebackers coming on the field in a strict 4-3 defense. You sometimes have one linebacker on the field that plays within the hashes and is that green dot. That's what you see across the NFL. Athletes and athletes in space. That's what Washington needs more of in the core of their defense. I tip my hat to guys like David Mayo, who's battled his ass off the last couple of years. John Bostick when he was there. Not a modern defender, but tried to stick his face in the mud, and I respect that. But Washington overall has to get better at evaluating this draft class and future draft classes before ever I ever get excited personally about where their picks actually are. So let's get into today's episode. And again, we are focusing on the LA Rams. In the NFC West, 6-7, and seven, they're currently the 8th seed in the NFC. They win this week, and the Packers lose, and they're the 7th seed. So they're battling for a playoff spot. Again, Led by head coach Sean McVay, quarterback Matthew Stafford, wide receiver duo of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. We're going to get into all the names. But when I look at Washington's defense and how they can get after Matthew Stafford this week, I look back to the the 49ers film earlier in the year and the Cincinnati film to where Matthew Stafford threw four picks in two games. And it's about pressure. 
And he gets the ball out extremely quick in that offense. Similarly to what we saw last week with Tua Tungavailoa in that Miami offense. I talked about it. 2.3 seconds, the average time to throw for Tua. It's around that same time frame for Matthew Stafford. They'll align Cooper on the outside. They'll reduce him into the slot. They'll do the same with Puka Nakua. They'll use Tyler Higby in space. They do not have three, four weapons to choose from like the Miami Dolphins do, like the Cincinnati Bengals do, like the Philadelphia Eagles do, like the San Francisco 49ers do. But how they maneuver and put in, get guys in motion to find man zone matchups, these little return routes, these arrow routes over the middle of the field, you're not going to see a lot of Cooper Cup just lining up on the outside, a static alignment, and just running a go route. And you're not going to see it a lot from Puka Nakua. You're going to see a lot of timing routes. You're going to see a lot of crossers, a lot of mesh, getting guys in space. And Sean McVay does an excellent job from an architecture perspective of getting these guys open and taking advantages of what, taking advantage, excuse me, of what defenses don't do well. And when I look at Washington's defense, and if I'm Sean McVay, and I see a team that's allowed 45 in back-to-back weeks against Dak Prescott, a good quarterback, and Tua Tagovailoa, a good quarterback with good weapons for both, again, Dallas and Miami, and I look back to even what Justin Fields did back on Thursday Night Football with DJ Moore, I'm grinning from ear to ear. And I'm almost salivating at the chance for Matthew Stafford to have a career day, right? 400 yards, four or five touchdowns. Maybe Puka and Cooper both go over 150 yards. Something crazy along those lines. Because if you don't think Sean McVay, whenever he sees Washington on the schedule, regular season, or if we ever see them in the playoffs, doesn't circle it or bold it a little more than usual, you're wrong. He sees Washington, he wants to prove a point. So they're going to want to score points this week. And they have scored points over these last three to four weeks of the season. And they're at home. They're in a stretch right now where they face the Commanders at home and then the Saints at home. But if I'm Washington, I am attacking him from his arm side. Now, when I look at this Los Angeles Rams front five, they are not dominant along the interior. They're not. At left tackle, it's most likely going to be Alaric Jackson. At left guard, top 50 pick Steve Avila, rookie out of TCU that's done a really nice job this past month of the season. Center is Coleman Shelton. Right guard is going to be most likely Kevin Dotson. And then right tackle, we're going to see who aligns at right tackle because Rob Hevenstein hasn't practiced all week. So it could be Joe Noteboom, who got work last week. And when I look at his snaps against Baltimore and turn on that tape, he wasn't good at all. I think he allowed maybe a sack or two. The pressures were all over the book. He probably allowed six or seven pressures in that ball game. So when I look at Washington and KJ Henry and Andre Jones, somebody's got to do something. Somebody has to step up at the position. And I'm forcing pressure off of his arm side, and I'm sending pressure up the middle against rookie Steve Avila and against Coleman Shelton. And that also makes me look at guys like Deron Payne and John Allen, where I think they should have their way this week. But I've said that, guys, the last two, three weeks. They have to show up within the interior. I can't turn on the film and we're working back into the third quarter, fourth quarter, and finally see John Allen push the guard back two yards and get in the face of the quarterback. The most elite interior defensive lineman in football, we're going to see one this week, potentially the best ever to play the one and three tech position, and Aaron Donald is a consistent chaos, just havoc wreaker within the middle. We have not seen that from Deron and John within the middle. Haven't seen it. 
I know they want to win. I know they would like to be in the NFC East race and the NFC title contention. I get that. But you got to show up at the end of the day because it is your job. John Allen's been extremely vocal these last few weeks as far as what's been going on and his frustrations. I get it. I understand it. But if you go out and you don't play and you don't compete at a high level and you're not succeeding at a high level, you turn on the tape and I don't see anything. Then, then what, you kind of just throw your hands up in the air and scratch your head a little bit as far as what's going on here. Is the effort there? Does he want to play for Washington? Does he want to play for Ron Rivera? There's a lot of questions that go into that. And a lot of different opinions that you could have about what's going on with really John Allen's thought process and, and effort towards anything in Washington right now. But as long as he's in uniform and he's getting paid by the commanders, you expect him to show up. And that's the type of individual that John Allen is and proven to be. But I need to see more from both those guys in the middle, especially this week to where by no means you're facing the Philadelphia line or the Dallas line or Cleveland. You're not. They got to show up this week because you're not going to have your main linebacker and Jamin Davis at the second level. Other guys will most likely be there, but he's not going to be healthy. He's got to be able to push the pocket. Because right now, how much can you expect from guys like KJ Henry and Andre Jones on the edge as far as any sort of consistency? You're not expecting three, four, five pressures a game from those guys. Maybe one or two a ball game. That's, but that's what Washington, that's where they're at right now after trading Montez Sweat and Chase Young. Now, I know a lot of you out there are still mad about that decision because what we've seen from this defense and from this front four since they've left, because it's been nothing, I get all that. But expecting anything more than, than just a pressure or two in this ballgame, it may be over-exceeding. So they're going to have to create pressure. You're 4-9. What do you have to lose? It's a regime that's most likely going down the shitter anyway. Try different things, Ron Rivera. See what works. At least put some stuff on tape for this potential new regime, new defensive coordinator, when they're evaluating this roster as far as what certain individuals can do. Send Cam Curl on blitzes. The team released Danny Johnson this week. They signed Caillou Blue Kelly, rookie that's bounced from three teams already. He was drafted by Baltimore on day three, went to Green Bay, now in Washington. Gotten to know Caillou pretty well in this draft process. The guy down at the Senior Bowl last year. Really good kid. NFL bloodlines. His father played in the league. Made a couple nice plays when Baltimore came to Washington in the preseason. Now, that's preseason football. But you want to talk about a young kid with the potential opportunity to make some plays, throw him out there. You've done it with Emmanuel Forbes, who most likely as well is going to get healthy this week against Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Holy hell, buckle up, folks. They run more man on Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. You're asking for trouble. Emmanuel Forbes has a long way to go as a pure man cover corner in football. That's not his game right now. It never was his game. But this Rams offense, Matthew Stafford, Kyron Williams, running back from Notre Dame, struggled in his rookie year. Didn't get many touches at all. Was really kind of an afterthought in this offense. And he comes into this year, he's going to probably reach over 1,000 yards. He's gone over 100 or 10 more yards in three of his last four games. And look at this Washington defense again. And I'm excited if I'm an offensive player for the Rams. But I would like to see Washington try to be as unique as possible this week. Try different things. Obviously, what they've been doing, the base defense, as far as what they do in coverage and 
against the run and from a blitz package perspective and their checks, it ain't working. Do something to do to try to get some sort or force some sort of confusion to the Rams offense this week because it is a very experienced and mature offense. Matthew Stafford's been around. This offensive line, outside of really the Steve Avila in the middle, they got a couple UDFAs and late draft picks that have been around three or four years. Guys have been around a little bit. This offense, not super complicated, but what they do pre-snap from a motion perspective can cause some confusion. And they're going to move Cooper Cup around. And they're going to move Puka around. Those are the two names to focus on this week. Double those guys. Bracket them. Try to force everything underneath. Don't line up in, in, in press man on third and two with a single high safety at 10 yards depth. What the hell is that? That's what we saw against the Dolphins and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You do that this week and they're going to put 50 plus on you. Do something different defensively. So I'm not going to go into this full roster dive. I'm going to focus on certain positions. I talked a little bit about the offense. I talked about Puka and Cooper. Other receivers that, that you will see, Tutu Atwell most likely is going to be out. He's been battling injury all week. If he does play, maybe he's limited. But as of right now, he's been battling injury. Demarcus Robinson, they brought over, used to be with the Chiefs. Then with Baltimore. Now he is with the Rams. A tight end, again, Tyler Higby. We will see if he plays this week. Behind him is Davis Allen, fifth-round pick out of Clemson this past year. He got his first touchdown last week. So maybe they want to feature that young kid uh, some more in this offense. And they're going to, again, mention at the top, Matthew Stafford quarterback, Kyron Williams running back, Royce Freeman. Uh, they brought him from Houston. He's more of that RB2, very fringe RB2. And they also drafted Zach Evans late on day three this year, but the workload still uh, is very minimal for him. But who knows, right? We saw Kyron Williams in year one last year, not have much of success. And then Zach Evans coming into this next year, right, for the Rams. Could, could have a breakout year for him. Who knows? Very talented kid uh, that they drafted on day three. And then let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball, guys. And a lot of the names for the Rams, they don't move the needle a ton on defense. And look, you're Aaron Donalds of the world. You guys know him. There is no more Bobby Wagner. He went back to Seattle. Akilu Weatherspoon is going to be their CB1. You guys have probably heard about John Johnson. He's been there a little bit. Darian Kendrick was a day three pick out of Georgia last year. So he's in year two. He lives on the outside. Troy Reader's been there for a little bit, but... It the focus for any offense, for any offensive line, is how you stop number 99 in the middle. And I know some of you old heads out there are probably, you know, when you when you hear the Aaron Donald talks alongside the mean Joe Greens and Reggie Whites and Lawrence Taylors of the world, and you say, oh no, he's not that type of guy. And folks, he is. He is Truly unbelievable uh, as a defensive player in this league. One of the best to ever do it. And from a defensive tackle perspective, I'm not sure if there's been anybody ever better to do it. Um, Just unbelievable. As an athlete, as a football player, just someone that can wreak havoc in the run game. He's super twitched up. His hands are unbelievable. He can overpower offensive linemen. You do not block him one-on-one. So if we see Sadiq Charles at left guard this week, Washington activated his practice window. Who knows? Maybe we'll see him. He's been a full participant this week. We'll see. Center, Tyler Larson, he's been in and out of practice all week long. And then Sam Cosme at right guard. Wherever he aligns, whether he's got his hand in the dirt, whether he's standing up, 
They like to send blitzers right off his hip pocket to force confusion along the along the middle. You're going to have to keep a running back in there to block. You're going to have to keep tight ends. So you can you're going to see tight ends potentially block the guys like Jonah Williams or Michael Hoped or Byron Young this week one on one. It's the number one rule you don't block uh, outside linebackers and defensive ends with tight ends. But when you have a guy like Aaron Donald coming up the one and the one tech and three tech up those A and B gaps, look, it's there's not much you can do. Sam Howell, I'm praying for him this week, guys. I mean, this could be a game to where Aaron Donald goes for 9, 10, 11, 12 pressures and has four or five sacks alone. That is the type of potential that he has. He can absolutely win a ball game by himself. Go back to the Super Bowl when they beat the Bengals. He gets that sack late in that ball game. He points to his finger and says, ring me. He took over the football game. Similarly to what we saw from Vaughn Miller way back with the Broncos in the Super Bowl. When Peyton Manning had that neck injury, Broncos couldn't move the ball at all. And the Broncos had cam- held Cam Newton and that Carolina Panthers team to zero, basically nothing on offense. And Vaughn Miller took over that football game and won Super Bowl MVP. So Aaron Donald has that potential this week. So you're going to have to double him. You do not block Aaron Donald one-on-one. I talked about the Ten Commandments of football last week. You don't run man against Miami. Well, you don't block Aaron Donald one-on-one. Whatever Washington has to do, it makes it tricky because he's in the middle of the offensive line. And going after, again, guys, Sadiq Charles, Chris Paul, Tyler Larson, whoever the hell is aligned there. Sam Cosme, me, your brother, your uncle, your aunt. Who the hell Who the hell knows who is along the front five this week? But bottom line is, guys, that Washington front five has to be better. We've talked about it all year long. And to try to get a, a clear picture as far as what Sam Howell can be, we've seen it, right? When he has a little bit of time, we've seen it. The kid can play. But this week, you're probably going to see a lot of boot action. You're going to see a lot of sprint outs, getting him outside of the pocket, most likely to his arm side, to try to counter the rush. Now, on the perimeter, they did a really nice job in the draft with two names. Again, I mentioned Byron Young earlier from Tennessee. He was a third-round pick, done an excellent job. He's near the top of edge rushers among rookies and pressures and sacks. And they also drafted Kobe Turner out of Wake Forest, a top 100 pick as well. And he's done a really nice job. He's got 14 pressures his last three weeks as someone that really hasn't received enough attention because Aaron Donald, again, within the middle, draws all the attention, not just for the Rams and within the NFC West and the NFC, but the NFL as a whole and historically. But Kobe's done a really nice job. So number 91, rookie from Wake Forest, has done a really, really good job, especially in uh, getting after the passer as that as that primary three tech aligned in that B gap. So Sadiq Charles, Sam Cosme, going to have their work cut out, not just facing Donald, but then again, facing Kobe Turner, who has basically been that beneficiary to the attention that Aaron Donald grabbed. So at the linebacker position, Troy Reader and Ernest Jones, really guys that just don't move the needle for me. They're athletic. They roam sideline to sideline, number to number, but they're not guys that, are, that can take over a ball game or as far as the tight ends over the middle of the field or dynamic blitzers or really high-level athletes are going to run and, and attack the fringe areas of the run game to where you're going to really have to attack downhill. Now, a lot of the stuff for Washington this week is going to live on the fringes because, again, you're going to try to stay away as much as you can from number 99. Uh, on the back end, starters from left to right are going to be Akilo Weatherspoon and Darian Kendrick. Quentin Lake uh, and Kobe Durant, guy that took out of South Carolina State last year, will live at nickel. Safeties are John Johnson and Jordan Fuller. Uh, guys, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Sandler should have their way this week. If Washington can get just a little bit more than two seconds of time, I think Sam's done a nice job overall this year getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Uh, we saw it in, in, in games past to where the enemy will try to get screens, little timing routes, slants, 
maybe just a little quick bucket step, and he's trying to throw it over the top 15 yards to Terry McLaurin. We've seen those concepts early in these ball games, and I think we're going to see it again this week. Because again, this the worries along this offensive line. You cannot have Sam sit back there and just get killed all day long. Brian Robinson, he's been battling a hamstring injury. We'll see if he goes. But this this secondary uh, should not scare anybody, and it does not scare anybody. They've given up their fair share of points this year. Um, but they are a unit that, as I just mentioned, a beneficiary along the front four for Kobe Turner with Aaron Donald. This secondary unit is a beneficiary of the pressure that this front four has been able to consistently produce. And not saying they'll play really soft zone and click downhill and play with instincts. They'll line some press man. They'll line a man at times. But I don't think we'll see it a ton this week. I think they'll line in too high and try to force everything underneath and force Sam to pick them apart. Now, when I look at Eric Bieniemy and what he should do, I think you have to try to run the football a little bit this week. I would like to see some zone reads. Sam Howell get his legs involved to keep that second level and the backside of the defense honest. You get this defense pursuing quickly. East to west, a lot of the time at the NFL level, just doesn't work because of the athletes that you face. But if you can get teams off balance, maybe throw in a reverse or two. We really haven't seen that a lot from Washington this year. We saw it at times last year with guys like Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson just trying to keep teams honest from the backside. I appreciated that with Scott Turner's offense to where he would try some things at times when it wasn't working. Now, not saying I overwhelmingly supported Scott Turner, what he did schematically uh, for this offense, but at times he would try to switch it up and flip it backside and get some guys in space. I want to see a little bit more of that from the enemy because I know he's got a much more modern, tailored, experienced offensive mind than what we've seen in years past. Use your athletes to your advantage. You got Terry Jahan and Curtis. Who knows if Curtis is going to be back next year? I would love to see him back. He's going to be a free agent, and I think he's had a hell of a year, and you can see the importance of him in this offense when he misses time to when guys just are able to almost bracket both Terry and Jahan, meaning they have a corner and man on the outside, and that safety is bracketing them over the top. It restricts what you can do from Sam Howell's perspective, and it's a reason why you look at last week and Terry McLaurin goes without a catch, right, against the Miami Dolphins before the bye, First time ever in his career, 76 career games, that he did not have a catch. Right, so that's not good. Hoping into this game he can get six, seven, eight catches, maybe 10 or 10 plus targets, maybe for, for he and Jahan. Want to see them get more involved as we move forward into the ending portions of this 2023 campaign. So that is the Los Angeles Rams roster special teamers. You're going to see Ethan Evans, a seventh round pick out of Wingate, is their punter. So shout out to all the Wingate alums out there. So again, he is their punter. Ethan Evans, again, a rookie. Lucas Haversek is their kicker. And then most likely we're going to see Austin Trammell as their punt return and kick return guy, although they swap it a little bit at times. So we could see a couple different guys back there in certain scenarios, whatever the ball game, whatever way it goes, you could see some different guys back there. But primarily it's been Austin Trammell for them, both again as punt returner and kick returner. So that's going to do it, guys, for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us at. I am on Twitter. If you don't follow me there already, at underscore Ryan Fowler. This past week on my Twitter, I interviewed Christian Mahogany, interior offensive line from Boston College, most likely going to be a top 55, top 60 pick in the upcoming draft. You can go and check out my spaces on that. It's recorded. It's on my Twitter profile. And I also spoke with the executive director of the Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy, this week on Thursday night. So just last night, chatted with him. Guys to know, faces to know, 
down in Mobile. Again, Washington in the last few years has taken a handful of guys that have come out of the Senior Bowl. Think of Brian Robinson, right? Sam Howell, Cole Turner. All those guys have been Senior Bowl athletes. Fenerian Mathis, all those guys were down at the Senior Bowl. Quan Martin was there last year. So Mobile and that process is huge for Washington. Again, we'll see who's GM moving into this draft. But from a Senior Bowl perspective, you guys are interested in the NFL draft. In names to know for Washington's perspective, I, tr- I chatted again with Jim Nagy yesterday on Twitter Spaces. And as we move forward into these next few weeks, next few months, and closer towards the new year, and these pre-draft showcases as the draft continues to, to ramp up and the pre-draft process really kicks into fifth gear, I have a ton of more live player interviews for you guys. And of course, information from around the league that I'm gathering that'll all be on my Twitter, again, at underscore Ryan Fowler. So I will have a podcast out for you guys on Monday morning, win, loss, or tie, hoping for a Washington Commanders win. They badly need one for the morale of this team. Again, who knows what the future remains for this football team when this 2023 campaign finishes up. But I want to see them try to play competitive football at the end of the day. They have the talent to do so. It's just about effort right now and it's execution. So this week, why not try to play spoilers a little bit with the Rams trying to make it in the back end of the wild card race and, and go out to SoFi and win a ball game. So why not, right? So I always appreciate you guys' time. I will talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. I'm Ryan Fowler and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.